Amen. Good morning. Um, I want to kind of piggyback off what uh, Michelle just said. I, I think I am never, um, uh, I'm never unaware of coming to a church service and believing full-heartedly that God is speaking a message um, that he has planned for the people that are sitting in that room for that moment. That's the expectancy that I believe, and that's what I go into when I prepare a message, and that's what I believe Chip does and every, everyone that wants God in their lives, moment to moment. So I, it just hit me again as Michelle was saying it. Um, I hope that you come to church with an expectancy, that God has a word for you, um, and that this is not just canned revelation. This is something that is picked fresh off the tree that, that Chip and I are laboring over and waiting for God to speak. So this morning, I have a word, and um, it, it, it has come fractured to me, um, but I am just the vessel, and I am always humbled that God wants to speak through me, and the privilege it is to speak uh, for him and with him. Um, so um, let's just go into this. <laughs> I'm excited. I am. It, it's just, it's, God is so good. And it's not my word, so there is no uh, burden on me, right? So um, we're in the deeper series. This is a great series. I, I truly love this series because we're all looking every week on how do I take another step into the topic that we're looking at? How do I go deeper, right? Um, and really the way to look at it is how do I stay hungry as a believer? <clears throat> because as a believer, remember, we've said this before, you're never moving, you're never, you're never staying still as a believer. You are moving forward or you're moving backwards. There's no treading water in this, in this faith walk. God is there with us, strengthening us, empowering us, but we still have, we still have choices to make. So in the deeper series, um, it's almost like getting into a pool. When we get into the pool, we don't just get to the bottom. We take strokes to get to the bottom. It takes effort, it takes it takes strokes, a little bit at a time, and we go deeper. So that's hopefully what we're doing in this whole series. Um, today, I want to start off by showing you a video of an average day. And it could be anywhere, and I just want you to watch this video. There's no sound, but just take a look at this video. Look at that. Fantastic video. I can get you a copy. Um, <clears throat> uh, it's pretty average, isn't it? Yeah, I know. Crinkled brows. I'll tell you something. You just witnessed a robbery. You did. A robbery just happened in front of you. You want to see it again? Before we show this, I'm going to tell you what's happening. There's three men standing, and those three men are working together. Uh, the guy with his back to us has his jacket thrown over his shoulder, and he's backing up to a chair with a jacket on it. And as he's talking, he's reaching his hand down into the jacket. That's, that's the guy that's sitting in that chair. Go ahead, let's show it, and I'll show you what's going on. Now, the guy with it, see there? There's the guy with his jacket, and he's with his back to us. He's backing up, and there's a chair right there. See in the bottom of the picture? There's somebody's jacket right under there. He's reaching right now into that guy's jacket, 
and he's pulling out whatever's in there. See that? Yeah. It's pretty amazing. This is happening everywhere, right? This guy is a pickpocket, and he is robbing this man who has no idea what's happening. Yep. It's pretty easy when you see it, right? When you know what to look for, it makes things a little different. But even when you know what to look for, you still have to be alert, right? That poor chap was robbed of something that was his possession, and he won't notice that it was robbed of him until he needs it. Hours later, and by then it's too late, it's long gone. This video and what's happening in this video is not unlike what is happening in this very room at this very moment. It's not unlike what's happening in our churches and to Christians individually. And that is, we are being robbed by a great thief. And if we are not aware of it, he is going to continue to take from us until we wake up and see what's happening. Satan has been stealing from us, and he's stealing what has been given to us, what has been bought for us, purchased by the blood of Jesus, given to us, and he is doing his best to take that from us, or at the very most, he's keeping us from being aware that it's ours in the first place. Now, if you could take a look at two, uh, if you could put thieves into two different categories, you have the thieves that are kind of the smash and grab guys, right? They're the guys that go into 7-Eleven with a ski mask and a pistol, knock over the food carts, and they jump over the, and they're grabbing what's ever to the till, they walk away with a couple hundred bucks, and they're caught 48 hours later, right? That's those kind. Then you have other kind of thieves that are sort of along the lines of Ocean's Eleven, right? <laughs> they watch, they wait, they watch some more, they plan, and then they go in, right? Now, if I was going to tell you which one do you think Satan is, you would probably tell me Ocean's Eleven, right? Right. Satan is watching our lives, and he's looking for weak points. He's looking at our relationships. He's looking at our church. He's looking at your marriage. He's looking at your friendships. He's looking at you, and he's looking for ways to get in and back up to your chair while you're distracted, while you're busy, and he wants to stick his hand into something that Jesus has given you, and he's taking it. And the problem for Christians is we are allowing this to go on because we think this is what life is. Jesus came and said, I came to give you life and life abundant. Do you feel that we're living this on a day-to-day -day basis? I would say a lot of us aren't. And it's ours. It's ours. Do you have peace? Are you struggling with anxiety? That is to the point of it being overwhelming. You shouldn't. We shouldn't as believers. We've been set free. But yet we don't challenge Satan on this. He takes it from us and he keeps it and he laughs all the way to the bank. Satan has been doing this for a long, long, long time. He knows mankind and he really hasn't changed up what works for him because it works for him, right? And as our society gets busier and busier and busier, he preys on the fact that we as believers are not having time with Jesus. It's being taken from us, and our time is gone, and so we are not as alert as we really should be. And the Holy Spirit is prompting us, but we're very busy. Jesus turned this light on for us when he, when he told us really who Satan was. He said he's a liar, right? He's a liar. He is incapable of speaking truth. 
Now, many Christians, there's a reason why many Christians are falling by the wayside is because they're not spending word. They really don't know this book at all as Christians. And so they have a trouble distinguishing what truth is. So when Satan comes to them and lies to them, some Christians are having trouble discerning what is real and they believe the lie. But when we spend more and more time with Jesus, when we get in this book and when we meditate, we know what the lie is. And when Satan begins to lie to us, we say, that's not truth. That is not truth. And we take his hand out of the back pocket and we say, I got you. And then he comes tomorrow. <laughs> he comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Steal. Satan steals. And it says in Peter, he doesn't just steal. He loves to steal, kill, and destroy. And he's roaming around like what? A roaring lion. He's always hungry. And he's always looking for someone that is not paying attention. See, if you are a believer, he has absolutely no power over you. None. Zero. He can only take what we allow him to take. That is a huge, huge thing to realize. He has no power over any of us. None. And I guarantee you all this. If you love Jesus, if you are pursuing Jesus, Satan is right now, I guarantee you, trying to steal something from your life. Somewhere in your life. He's trying to take from you something that has been given to you. I have been circling this topic for uh, a couple of months now. And um, I, I, there's a challenge that comes to people that are speakers and to, I, I guess, pastors. When God speaks to you, there is the first question is, God, is this to me individually or is this to, for us? Right? And I think this is an us message. And if I'm wrong, well, you're going to get it anyway. <laughs> so I really believe this is for us. Um, I, I want to I go deeper into today, today into what authority is for us Christians and what it means for us. What does the word authority mean to us? And what are we doing with it? And what does it mean for us? I, I believe it's amazing. I really do. I believe it's amazing that when we come to Jesus Christ and we sincerely make that statement of faith, God gives us all of himself in that moment, right? There is nothing that we have to, to clean up. We don't have to get ourselves in, in a 12-step program. God gives all of himself in that moment to us, all of it. You could have a syringe filled with heroin coming out of your vein, and in that moment, give your life to Jesus, and Jesus would say, here is all of me. He doesn't say, clean up your act, get off the addiction, come back and see me. He says, I am here for you in this moment, all of it. And in that moment... We have all the authority of Jesus' name given to us. Whether you're 12 when you come to Jesus, 7, 92, whenever it is, you have all the authority of Jesus Christ given to you in that moment. And with that authority comes his name and his promises over us, all of it. In that moment, it's ours. Now, I've spoken about this before. I've kind of used this example, but I want to bring it back again. If I were to take you and put you in an Orange County Sheriff's uniform and stick you out in a public place, you would instantly be given authority. Without even opening your mouth, people would give you authority. Why? Because of what you're wearing. People see the uniform, they see immediately that you are a cop. Right? You don't have to open your mouth, doesn't matter if you've been anywhere, 
You are a cop, I see that, right? You are now backed with the authority of not only Orange County, but by the state and by the federal, by the government. There is a load of authority behind that badge, behind that uniform, right? Satan sees more clearly than we do in a lot of ways. See, Satan in the supernatural, when you come to Jesus, he sees Jesus on you. He sees Jesus on you, and he sees authority on you, right? He sees automatically that I have to be clever here. I have to take certain steps because Jesus is on this person. The problem is not for Christians if we have authority. The problem is, are we establishing it? Do we exert it? Do we step out in faith in it? And if we're not, the authority really doesn't do us a whole lot of good. It's like a police officer that has authority but never gets out of his car to exert the authority. Well, I see you, but, you know, if you're driving past him. We as believers need to understand that there is a, there is a walking out or a working out of what Jesus has given us. This is problematic for some people when they hear this, but I, this is scripture. People think there isn't any more work to be done, and you're right as far as salvation is. But as far as the walking out of what God has given us, there is something that Jesus, there has been plenty of times, Paul says, that we need to work out what's being given to us. Right? Listen to what he says in Philippians 2.12. Work hard to show the results of your salvation. Work hard at this. Work hard at this. In Galatians 5, he says, so Christ has truly set us free. Now make sure you stay free and don't get tied up again in the slavery to the law. Now let's make something very clear. He is not talking about losing your salvation because your salvation, it is clearly shown in the Bible, you can never lose. Once you make a clear, sincere statement of faith to Jesus Christ, your, word, your name is written in the book of life and you will never, never lose that. Ever. Right? Because it says in the Bible, it says, what has been placed in my hand, no one can take out of it. So if you think you're strong enough to get out of Jesus' hand, or can Satan take you out of Jesus' hand? Can your actions remove you from Satan's hand? No. Your salvation is set forever. What he is saying, though, in Galatians 5 is, you have choices to make throughout your day. And if we're not careful, we will go back to Egypt. And we'll start living under the law in certain ways. So there is an effort that is required of us. And there is authority that is ours for the taking. Um, there is a wide assortment of authority. This is a huge topic and one that I think Chip Kelly should dive into. <laughs> He's a much better teacher than I am. And I would love to hear a series on authority. But today we're going to skim the surface. And, and let me just say this, there are two real areas of authority in our lives. There is a wide authority for Christians that there are promises stated in the Bible that are ours to claim, right? Nothing can separate me from the, the love of Jesus. That is a promise, and that is ours to claim, that we step out on. When we start feeling lonely, and the enemy comes into us and starts lying to us about your actions are separating you from Jesus. That addiction is pushing you away from Jesus, and he's upset with you in that. That's a lie. Because nothing can separate me from the love of Jesus Christ. That is standing in authority and pushing back against the enemy. His peace, he says in John. His peace, I've come to give you peace. 
not like the world gives, my peace. That's a promise that we stand on. He says, I give you my joy. We can go on and on about what Jesus has given us. And there is authority that God gives to you in an individual for a season or for a calling that is just yours or for a church or a group of people. That's why you can't flip through the Bible and say, I like that. I'll take this. I will claim that because that might not necessarily be for you. That could be for that person or for that group of people at that time. But if God has spoken to you about your child or about a relationship or about a calling on you and he's spoken to you about that, that is authority that Jesus is giving you for that mission or that calling. And now the choice remains for us to walk that out. Let me show you what this can look like. In Luke 1, uh, the angel Gabriel comes to Zechariah and says, you, you and your wife are going to have a baby. They, they are beyond having baby years. And uh, Zechariah is a priest. This is not uh, Jesus he's talking about. This is John the Baptist. And he says, you guys are going to have a baby. Um, Gabriel shows up on the scene. Now, Zechariah is a big priest at this time. He's a big man. And he says, um, I don't think that's probably going to happen. Now, he says essentially the same thing that Mary says to Gabriel. Yet Gabriel, when Zechariah says it to him, he rebukes Zechariah, but he doesn't rebuke Mary for the same question. Why? Do you know why? Because it was a heart issue at that point. Zechariah was pushing out back in defiance and saying almost to the point of, I know a little bit more on this. I don't think God can do this. And Mary was asking humbly, how is this going to happen? There is a difference. There was a difference. So Gabriel says to, uh, to Zechariah, after Zechariah pushes back on him, look at what he says in Luke 1. Then the angel said, I am Gabriel. I stand in the very presence of God. It is he who sent me to bring you this good news. But now, since you didn't believe what I said, you will be silent and unable to speak until the child is born. For my words will certainly be fulfilled at the proper time. Look how Gabriel is speaking. He's saying, I and my. Is Gabriel God? No. Gabriel even says, and angels say, you don't worship us. We are servants, right? But in this moment, Gabriel is walking out a mission, an authority that's been given to him. And he is saying, God has given me the words to speak, and what I am speaking is from God. And he is stepping out an authority in that moment. You see this in the Old Testament. When kings send representatives to give a word over someone, they will say I, because it's very common in that time to speak as the king and to say I. It's not the words of the king, it's my words, right? This is what it means to be, to be speaking in an individualistic way. But you're speaking the words of God in that moment. God spoke this to me, and I'm saying to you, Satan, that God said this to me, and this is going to happen. That's what Gabriel is saying in this moment. He is stepping out in authority on revealed word. Given authority. Now, let me ask us all this. There is a difference. There's a difference between holding ground and taking ground. Right? Where do you think you are in your walk right now? Are you holding ground 
Or do you feel that you, you are taking ground with him? There is a difference between the two. Now, I understand that there are seasons in our lives out of either weariness or maybe we're waiting for God to speak in an area that we will be holding ground. But that is not a mindset to live with. It's not a mindset to, to, to a lifestyle for a Christian. A Christian's lifestyle is, I'm going to take ground for Jesus. And that is in love and in authority, right? Because if people aren't taking ground, then you and I probably wouldn't be sitting here because someone stepped out at some point and spoke to you, didn't they? Brought you to church, stepped out and being uncomfortable and, and, and uh, talked to Jesus about you at some point. There is a difference between the two. When we, when we exert our authority, in essence, get out of the cop car, when we exert authority and step out in faith on the promises that God has given us and stand in holy defiance against something the enemy is doing, what we are doing in that moment is prophesying. We are prophesying into the supernatural. Now, when we hear the word prophesying, the first thing that comes into our mind is what? Somebody that stands up front and talks about the future, right? Somebody that, that comes into a church, a prophet, right? And that shrinks us, a lot of us back and saying, I'm not a prophet. I don't have any of these gifts. But you know what? Paul said, I wish that every single one of us would prophesy. Prophesy is speaking truth. That's what it says in Revelations. That's all prophecy is. The essence of prophecy is revealing Jesus. That's what John says. And if Jesus, another word for Jesus is truth, right? I am the way, the truth, and the life. So when we prophesy, we are speaking revealed truth. Words that already have been written in the Bible or words that God has spoken to us. And we begin to prophesy. That's why when we sing worship songs, we are prophesying into the supernatural. It is powerful. There is, um, Paul speaks about the gift of prophecy. And there is a gift of prophecy that can be taken, that is for people that go deeper into prophecy. Um, but all of us can prophesy. Every single one of us can prophesy. And speak truth. Every single one of us. When we speak truth, when we unleash the word of God into a situation, we are bringing forth a power that Satan cannot compete with. When we release his word in prayer or prophecy or worship, we are doing something that Satan cannot combat against. Charles uh, Spurgeon had this quote. Listen to this. The word of God is like a lion. You don't have to defend a lion. All you have to do is set the lion loose and the lion will defend itself. Isn't that great? When we release scripture into a situation, when we pray over our children, when we pray over our marriage, we pray over a situation, and we use scripture, things that have already been revealed as truth, we are detonating a bomb inside of the Satan's world that he cannot compete with. That does not mean that instantly we will have the answer we're looking for or the stronghold has been knocked down. It does mean, though, as it speaks in James, remember this, that your prayers of a righteous person and righteous means 
person in right standing with God, that's all that means. It doesn't mean you have to be a pastor. A person in right standing with God, his prayers are powerful and they are effective. Amen. Amen. So when we pray for something and we pray 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 and we we don't see something happening in the natural, we can stand in the supernatural and say, I know that I can't see something in the the natural, but I believe my prayers are effective and, and I believe that they are tearing down strongholds, even at this moment. Because what Satan does, he backs himself up to your chair and he says, your prayers aren't working He's not listening. It's your sin that is keeping him away from you. It is this, this, and this. Whatever it is. And if you are not aware of what the word says, you will listen to these lies and say, you're probably right. There's something in my life that I'm screwing up somewhere. Speaking scripture is is powerful. And that's such an understatement. But there is something that connected with scripture is is like a hydrogen bomb. And that is when we worship with scripture, we are detonating a bomb that Satan cannot even begin to understand. And Satan, you realize Lucifer was in music, wasn't he? In heaven before he was tossed down. He understands the power of music. And he understands both good and for bad. But listen to what it says in Psalm 149. It says, let the praises of God be in their mouths and a sharp sword in their hands. The praises of God in their mouths and a sharp sword meaning scripture. Right? A two-edged sword. That's what it says in Hebrews. The praises of God. That's why when we stand here and we sing on Sunday mornings, we are prophesying to our problems. We are prophesying. We are worshiping a God that can do something miraculously in a moment's time. If we are plugged in as we worship. So often, so often, we come to church and we are not ready to worship. Our minds are not ready to worship. We do work up until the moment we, you know, we, we work on things up until the moment we come to church. And as we come in church, it takes us probably 40 minutes to get our heads out of what we just were and get us back into where we are in the present. By then, worship is over. When we wake up on Sundays, even Saturday night, we can start to prepare ourselves to receive on Sunday mornings. Let me just give us three steps to go deeper into authority and prophesying. And the first one is get into this book. How often are we into this book? Do we meditate on this? Do we memorize? And do we really dig out the truths in this? And we eat this book. Eat it. We devour this book. I was prophesied over 25 years ago, and the guy said to me plainly, it is now time for you to dig deeper into this book and to dig out the deep truths of this book. And I have made that my goal 25 years ago. Because this book is life. This book will tear down strongholds. This book will bring nations to their knees. It will. Because the word of God is an unleashed lion. If you went to a trainer and said, I want to gain muscle and I want to work out and I want to look this, this, and this, or I want to do this. He will say, here is a diet. 
you eat these things, and you eat when I say you eat, right? You do this. If you don't do this, and you eat what you want or don't eat, you're not going to grow. So many Christians look at their lives and say, why doesn't my life look like this person over here as far as these people in the Bible or these people that are standing in front and talking to me about experiences they're having with God? Why if my life doesn't look like that? A lot of that is because we're not feeding and we're not growing in the Word. We're not growing. We're not eating. Feeding on this Word. You say, yeah, it's boring. It's not. It's not. It's amazing. The second one is to worship. Reading the word, worshiping, worshiping, not just Sundays. And it's not just singing. It's speaking to God about how great he is. We can do this in the car. It's, it's just, it's worship. I told you this before, but, you know, I watch the BBC Earth videos. You know how they, they look at the, the documentaries about the earth. And I can't get through an episode without saying how great you are, God. How amazing! And this is from a secular point of view. They're pointing the camera at the Grand Canyon or at a, at a deer mouse running around finding. They said, God is so amazing. He's so smart. I'm worshiping in that moment. I'm worshiping. Get into an attitude of worship, and God is there ready to help you establish these habits. He wants to. He wants to, and He says, I will give you a desire to search for me. He knows how hard it is. And the last thing is spending time with him alone. Alone. There is great power in corporate worship, which is what we're doing now, and even prayer with your spouse or a good friend. There's power there. But Jesus wants you alone because he loves you so much. It's like I love to take my daughter out by herself and just have daddy daughter time because it's me and her but when Michelle takes her out it's different and when the three of us take it out it's different Jesus's time with you is different than what it's going to look like with me but he loves you so much and he's craving you so much that he wants to be alone with you to speak and sing over you and to heal you but we have so few time for him very often, our worship time is when we're falling asleep or before we stuff a slice of pizza into our mouth. Thank you, God, for this food. We're all busy. This is a priority. There is a reason God is speaking this message to this group of people this day. Because God wants to take ground in your lives. Today. He wants to release prophecy in this room today. I have felt that. So here's how we're going to end today. It's going to be a little different. We're going to sing a song, but we're not going to sing to a live band. We're going to sing to Bethel worship. And I want us all to stand up for me, would you please? Here's what we're going to do. This is not a concert. We're not watching. We're worshiping. And I, I want us... As we sing, I want you to prophesy the words that we're singing because it's scripture over the relationships or the difficulties, the mountains that are in your life. I want you to speak to these and release prophecy through your worship. All right? Challenge us in that. Do that. Let's sing now.
this did work earlier. <laughs>
Here's what I want to do. I just want to release the spirit of prophecy in this room. Jesus' name. Jesus, you ask us to call out the gifts. You say, ask for them. So, Father, we're asking you to speak now. So, if anyone has, I want to challenge us now. Step forth in faith. If you feel the Lord is laying something on your heart, I want to speak. I want you to speak. If you feel the Lord laying something on your heart, step out in faith and speak. Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. 
there's someone that we want to pray for this morning. Um, Toya, we'd like to pray for you. Uh, Robert, come on up. You have an issue with your eye. Robert, can you give us a small capsule?
Jesus. started clamoring for a king. Prior to the, them all clamoring for a king, who are they ch trusting in all of their lives for everything, government-wise or whatever? They were trusting God and what he said. You know, and he was the sole authority in their lives. And you know what was unique about that? If you look through that, that era of time, all of the patriarchs, all those people like Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, you know what it said about them? It said, and they went to be with their ancestors when they had lived a full and satisfying life. And I just, I couldn't help but put two and two together how when we just stand on the authority of what God says to us, even our normal bodies and the way that we age, because I know in my family, in my body, um, and in our, you know, our loved ones, there's stuff that goes on and you just hate to see people suffer in their body. And just like you call Toya up to pray for her and what's going on with her eye. And I'm not trying to say anybody's old and that's just okay. Get, get used to it. 
I'm actually trying to say the opposite. Don't accept it. I'm saying this morning that we just need to claim authority Amen. that God is wanting us to prosper and be in health Amen. as our souls prosper. And that even in our old age, we don't have to listen to that, that little lie or let Satan rob us like Brian was saying. Just come and pickpocket us of thinking, well, we're just supposed to walk around now and feel ill and not good. I don't think that's what God wants. Amen. I just think we need to do that today. Just like we did for Toya, and like we, we want to continue to do for Toya, for all of us, we need to just say no <laughs> to the enemy and what he's trying to throw on us and, and, and to where we just don't accept that. I know a lot of people have been going through just illness this last few weeks, and, and uh, I just say we just claim God's authority for wellness, health in our bodies as well as in our spirits and souls. Amen. God's challenged us this morning with authority. It is our choice what we do with this revelation that's been given to us. And you will be challenged on this, not by God, but by the enemy. So step forth. It is not your strength. It's not your name. It is his. You are wearing the robe of righteousness when you believe in Jesus. He sees that. And one last thing. Leave the results with Him. Our prayers are powerful and effective. He heals instantaneously. He heals through time. But He heals. Leave the results and don't be discouraged when we don't see something right away. It's amazing. We need to do that. Because we, Satan will try to outlast us. He'll hold on. He'll hold on. But we are, he is stronger. All right? There was a woman on Ventura Boulevard that I prayed that she would get out of a wheelchair. <laughs> um, and I prayed that she would stand up. And uh, she did not. And it was awkward. <laughs> but you know what? I was momentarily discouraged. And it spun me sideways because I want to be a person that steps out in faith. I felt God was trying to do something. But I don't know if a week later she stood. I don't know that. I don't know. But I want to be someone that stands out and says, I'll go and I'll, I'll lay hands on this person. I will do something in faith and leave the results with you. His power, his name. Let me just finish. God, we just praise your name this morning. We thank you that you are here. It is not... God, it's not my wisdom. It's not our wisdom. It's not our words that we want. It's you and your power. That is the only thing that sets people free. The only thing, Father, is you, Jesus. I pray that we would leave this room now changed with this revelation. Holy Spirit, that you would empower us to walk this out this week. That you would make us hypersensitive to being robbed in the Spirit in the name of Jesus Christ. We love you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. And we thank you. Before the mountains were created, before the world came to be, you are God. Forever and ever. Amen. 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 Praise God. Praise God. We'll see you next week.